and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jake Grace Pennington, and this is my podcast where I share six improbable thoughts before breakfast. And I'm ready to dive in for today. Just got my list of six things. It's early in the morning, and I'm excited to talk to all of you. So number one for this week is I wanted to apologize for missing last week. Honestly, the only reason is that I just forgot about it (laughs) and I think I'm going to, but I I do think it's good to maybe try to scoot it up back earlier in the week again, because, you know, if I plan to do it on Monday and it doesn't happen, then I have the whole rest of the week to get it done. If I plan to do it on Friday and it doesn't happen, then that's, that's it. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to try to move it up earlier in the week. Plus I kind of like to get a lot of stuff out of the way on Monday. I do my grocery shopping. I make the bread for the week. Um, you know, it's just kind of nice to to start the week with a boost of productivity. So I'm going to maybe try to start doing these Monday morning, but you know, I always do them when I can. And I'm always really grateful for anyone who takes the time to listen. So whoever's listening right now, thank you so much. Well, number two, a little update on the editing for Firmament Eletheria. Um, like I think I said, definitely not going to be a, a June release, or at least not early June, but um, looking good for, you know, hopefully early July. The editing is going slow but steady. I'm working on it daily. Um, still in the stage of just going through the manuscript and marking it up with a red pencil, um, but I'm, I'm getting close to the end. I think I just have a couple chapters left, and then I'll be ready to start typing out the rewrite. Um, and honestly, there's a couple of you know, big-ish things that I need to do in it. And by, and that by that, I don't even mean huge. Like, it's no, like, major plot revamps or anything like that. Like, I've done rewrite rights where I had to add, you know, whole new antagonists and things like that. It's nothing like that. But um, there are just a couple of, I guess, sort of medium things where it's like, oh, you know, I started this plot point and I forgot to ever resolve it. So I need to go back in and come up with some way to just, you know, wrap that up um, in a way that makes sense. And so there's a couple things like that, but overall there's really not a ton of major stuff that needs to be done. Um, so I think that should go pretty smoothly. And number four, a couple of the consistent problems that I've been having with it. And I have these every time I go to rewrite or edit something. It's just a consistent problem for me is um, what I usually like to call, and I've been writing these words over and over as I'm marking um, through the book, is with atmosphere and ambience. And I, my writing just tends to be severely lacking in these things. And I didn't used to notice, you know, when I was first writing, I mean, there's a reason I don't really do well with it because I don't notice <laughs> that it needs to be there. And then, you know, as people gave me feedback like more and more over time I can now spot where okay there's none of these things here like for instance um the characters will be you know in a specific place and they're talking about something or doing something or whatever but I don't really give a good feel for what's going on around them and like I don't give a lot of like good sensory details of like what are they what's the setting like what are they smelling what are they hearing how are they feeling about the environment that they're in? Like, they're just sort of like disembodied, I guess. Um, like last time, um, as I was reading this last book, Eletheria, to my husband, 
he kind of said, like, as I'm reading, it's hard for his mind to just kind of get a grasp on really where they are and, and just kind of like anchor them into the setting and into the world. Like he just can't quite place them, I guess. And uh, I think it's, I used to think it was kind of a matter of showing versus telling, but it's not really, cause I'm not really even telling. I'm just not presenting the setting in a way that puts the reader and the characters like firmly in that place. Uh, and so that's something I always have to be very intentional to go back and put in. Like I try to look at every scene and go, okay, where are they? And just go through those sensory things. Like, you know, what are the sounds around them? What are the smells? What, like, how hot is it? How cold is it? Like, um, what is the general feel of the room they're in? Like, what are some things that stand out about it? Like maybe the color of the walls, like maybe that doesn't matter, but maybe that adds a lot to the ambience of the room. And so maybe I need to mention it. And so that's really hard for me because as I've mentioned before, um, I have aphantasia and cannot visualize anything whatsoever. Um, and so it's not like a picture in my mind. And so I have to really consciously think about each thing. I can't just like sort of put myself there and then just write what I see or whatever. Like I have to think about it, come up with something that makes sense. And then I generally have to run it by someone that can visualize things better and see if it's good. Or sometimes I've gone a little overboard where they're like, okay, we really don't need to know every single book that's on her shelf or whatever. <laughs> so that's always a struggle, but it's nice that I'm now more aware of it. And then I do have some strategies like going through the senses to just help me anchor things better to the setting in the world. So that's definitely something I'm going to be working on as I rewrite. Uh, and so number four, I am going to get to go to my writer's group this week. And I don't know if I've mentioned this group on here before. I probably haven't because I haven't been able to attend in a long time. Um, when I first moved here, I found this writer's group meetup and I used to go like every single week. Like it was absolutely the highlight of my week. And, um, it's just, you, we just all go a bunch of writers, different walks of life, very different, you know, eclectic group. Um, go to this local cafe and just read aloud pieces of our writing, share with each other. You just get five minutes, um, to share something and it's just a really fun group, really sweet people. And I really just grew to love everyone there so much. Like I, um, I just, these people are just very important to me. A lot of them came to my wedding. Like, you know, this group has just been something really special. And of course, when uh, COVID hit, it, you know, it did what it did. And so I've been able to meet up with some of them a few different times, um, but for just various different things, various different, different reasons, I haven't really been able to, like, I think since all the COVID stuff, so maybe, you know, the past couple of years or so, I've been able to go or to meet up with them like two or three times. And so anyway, um, I am going to try to start potentially going more consistently again. Uh, it's not something I can make every week because now I sometimes have other commitments on um, Wednesday nights, but it's something I really want to try to do regularly again. And so anyway, it's going to be my first time in a while attending and I'm really excited, really looking forward to it. 
I've written so much <laughs> since I was last there. And um, so I have a lot that I would love to share um, with these friends and these other, like, these writers are just so amazing and so talented. Um, and I always really value their input and um, just love sharing my work and hearing all of theirs. So I'm excited about that. Number five on my currently reading, um, for my book club this month, we are reading Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis, which is something I've always wanted to read, but just never gotten around to it. And it's funny because I've always wanted to read it in the sense that it's written by C.S. Lewis and everything that he writes is great. And so whether it's sort of like specifically my cup of tea or not, I have always have so much appreciation for his writing. Um, but also the subject matter doesn't really appeal to me that much. Like I personally am not that interested in like Greek gods and myths and all of that. And I know that was something that, you know, C.S. Lewis was very knowledgeable about and interested in, but it's not that interesting to me. And so I was just sort of like, oh, I really need to read that. But you know, I just wasn't ever getting around to it. I wasn't prioritizing it, I guess, but then it got picked for book club. So I was excited about that and I'm about halfway through, maybe a little more. And it's just interesting. Like I'll definitely feel like, or I definitely feel like I won't be able to give good thoughts about it or really even know my thoughts until I'm finished with it. But I think basically so far it's been kind of what I thought, which is that I'm not that interested in the subject matter and also the style of writing or the style of story is not my favorite like it's very formal um it's you know it's this sort of fantasy and so there's this sort of like medieval quality to it and just the people speak very formally and there's you know these politics and you know cultural things or whatever I don't know if I'm explaining it well but this is why I don't really like the Lord of the Rings books that much, even though in the same way, I really appreciate them. Love the core stories and the movies. I know this is heresy, but I love, love, love the movies, you know, more than the books personally. But the reason I don't enjoy the books that much is I just don't enjoy that kind of writing. That's like very formal. It's harder for me to get into it. And I don't know. Um, that's why I don't like a lot of fantasy. It's just the whole medieval sort of vibe, I guess, doesn't really appeal to me that much. But it's C.S. Lewis, and it has so much, you know, there's so much depth to it. And I do, like, have so much appreciation for just the prose and for how he puts things and for how he sees things. And I do keep, like, marking down different passages of quotes that are just really beautiful and that I like really latch onto and you just go like oh yes like I know exactly what he's saying and it's so meaningful and has so much depth and all that so definitely that C.S. Lewis spark that I always love and know to look for so it's interesting I'll really be curious what I think at the end um and just his take on you know this weird you know the Greek gods and all this you know as a Christian just to see his take on it will be interesting so I definitely think it'll be a good discussion book for book club so number six um I forgot to mention on my last podcast that um weekend bef before this past weekend so 
however you say that, last weekend, weekend before last, whatever, um, a recent weekend, I saw the new Doctor Strange movie with my family, and I was really excited going into it, although I definitely expected it to be a bit flawed. <laughs> I expected, um, well, I knew it was very disturbing as far as, like, sort of graphic violence, so I was prepared for that. And I fully expected because a lot of the Marvel stuff has kind of gone the way of being, I guess, a bit too fantastical. I don't know how to ex explain that succinctly, but it's just a bit much. So I expected that and I was already going into it like, okay, I'm prepared to suspend my disbelief like way, 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 way out there. Like I'm ready. And I like the character of Doctor Strange. I'm really like excited as as a, the huge nerd that I am by the whole multiverse concept and all that you can do with it so like I was ready to love this movie and I did like a lot of things about it I thought the core message was good although it was kind of hard to tell what the core message was but <laughs> my interpretation of what it was I liked I liked the Doctor Strange character I thought they did a lot of fun and interesting things with the multiverse concept and I liked all of that, but it was definitely way too much in a lot of different ways. And one, I'm just going to focus on one for now because it, it's way too much for me to try to sift through in this podcast. But, um, so, um, I don't know how many of my listeners will be, are familiar with, um, Blake Snyder. Um, he is a screenwriter and storyteller who wrote a book called Save the Cat. And he wrote other books too, but that's his most popular, most famous book. And it's about storytelling and it's just about like specific rules for storytelling um, that you can look to and help diagnose problems in a story, um, something missing, something, you know, that doesn't, shouldn't be there, you know, whatever. And so Save the Cat refers to one specific rule that will cause you to like and root for the main character. And then he also has rules for, you know, what not to do in stories. And so he has one rule called Double Mumbo Jumbo. And that is a rule that states that in a story, you can have one thing that is, you know, fantastical, something that you have to, like I said, suspend your disbelief for something that you're requiring your audience to accept, to, you know, be able to accept the story, but you can only have one. And if you have more, it's too much. And so for instance, um, I'm trying to think of an example. So like in Harry Potter, there's magic and you have to accept that they live in a world that there's magic and that these wizards can perform magic through spells. But then if they also said, and, you know, there's aliens that come and do the magic too, you know, then it would be like, okay, no, like that's too much. You can only have one. <laughs> and, you know, it, it can get, you can, you have to like, you know, get it down to the core because sometimes you can say, well, there's this kind of magic and this kind, but you know, if it's coming from the same source, like there's still one basic concept. So like, um, I actually think if I like, it's been a while since I watched this, but the, the show Loki first for a good example in the Marvel universe, you know, obviously there's lots of hugely fantastical things, but there needs to be one core explanation <laughs> in each story which is hard when you have a lot of stories intersecting and I understand that. So, but like in Loki, the show, there's this whole multiverse thing 
And that's basically, that's the fantastical thing. You have to accept that there's this multiverse, you know, there's different variations of time and of people, you know, in the multiverse, whatever, that's the thing. And that's what the show is focused on. Like they're, they don't really bring in a bunch of them and also this and that. So already Dr. Strange is going just flat out going into this with already double mumbo jumbo just in the premise because you have the multiverse and you have Dr. Strange who's a sorcerer. So I already knew, like I said, going in, you're going to have multiverse and you're going to have magic. Now you can kind of save it if you're like, well, that's how they travel the multiverse is through magic, but they didn't really do that. So, but then on top of that, it was just so much like they have not only, you know, sorcery, and Doctor Strange and all his people, and how they do the circus. And they also have dark magic and demons, and you know, blah blah blah. This other other kind, you know, witchcraft, which is different than sorcery. And then you also have the multiverse, and you know, traveling through the multiverse. And then they just kept being like, and then also there's this, and then also there's that, and then also oh, and by the way, if he does this, then these um, dark souls of the damned will come and attack him. And you're just like, wait, what? this wasn't in the whole, like, I've been through this whole movie, and then in the last, like, 20 minutes, you're like, also the souls of the damned, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, like, where did that come from? Like, it's just too much for your mind to accept. Like, you're already requiring us to accept so much, like, you can't just keep piling, keep piling it on. Like, it's not okay. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for people. And so, that was just, like I said, there was other problems, too. (laughs) quite a few of them. Um, I, like I said, I still enjoyed a lot of the movie, but there was a point where I literally can pinpoint the part of the movie where I reached it. And I was just like, no, I'm done with this. Like this has gone too far. <laughs> like there's a place where, cause then they're also get into like, and then if you use this magic book, like it has these effects and this guy gets like this mystical third eye. And then there's also like this and that. And, you know, and then it gets to a point where we've already seen all this magic and witchcraft and blah, 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 different kinds of magic. And then, you know, Dr. Strange and one of the other alternate Dr. Stranges are fighting and they start mystically pulling musical notes off of sheet music and fighting each other back, like throwing musical notes back and forth. And of course that's reflected in the soundtrack, which I'm like, if the whole movie, if it was like a whole short film about people fighting with musical notes, like I'd be down for that. That's cool. But there was already way too much in this movie. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, and then also like you can dream walk by going into these people's bar. Like, oh my goodness. No, I'm done. It was just too much <laughs> for my mind to accept and if you can't accept it then you can't enjoy the movie because you're like well this doesn't matter now this isn't real to me so I don't care anymore it's like um this isn't really an example of double mumbo jumbo because it's not anything mystical or fantastical but just an example of where you get pushed out of a story and don't care anymore is um the movie speed I was watching that with my husband a few years ago and you know they're on this bus and it has to go like a certain speed or the bomb's going to go off and they're all going to die. And it's like very exciting and you know, whatever. And I was totally there for it. I love action movies. Um, you know, if they're done well, (laughs) but anyway, and so the bus is like trying to go fast and they're trying to, you know, defuse the bomb, blah, blah, blah. Lots of, you know, cool action fun. And then the bus is like coming to this bridge that's like broken. So there's like a gap 
in this overpass or whatever it is. And I like this huge gap. And, you know, the lady that's driving is freaking out like, oh, no, like, what are we going to do? And like, just go, just like, keep going. If you can't stop, we're all going to die. And so they go towards the gap in the bridge and the bus just like sort of like goes up and just jumps over and like lands on the other side and keeps driving and there was no like ramp or anything to make it go up it just did and I was just at that point I was just like done I'm done with this movie this is stupid obviously this is not like (laughs) it's weird because the whole time you know it's not real and yet you're making an agreement with the filmmakers to accept you know for the purposes of these two hours or however long I'm going to accept that it's real so that I can immerse myself in the story but if they push you too far it can push you out where you're now like well now I know it's not real like I was tricking my brain but I can't trick it that far so I'm done and I was like that this movie I just turned to my husband I was like no this is stupid <laughs> like and then I don't care about the rest of the movie so anyway Dr. Strange did that for me on a much much higher level And, um, so anyway, it's something, I think, especially as writers of speculative fiction, of course, that's why you really have to watch out for it and be like, you can't bring in a totally new, completely separate, you know, fantastical thing into your world and into your story because you just can't, that's just the rule. I don't make the rules. That's just how they are. So anyway, Dr. Strange can't really recommend it and just disappointed somewhat even though there were still cool things so I hope Marvel does better in the future but honestly my hopes are not that high so (laughs) we'll see thank you for listening to all of my thoughts this morning like I said I'm going to start trying to get these done earlier in the week from here on out I'm really so grateful for everyone who takes the time to listen please let me know as always any thoughts you have about anything that I've said thoughts about Dr. Strange, uh, storytelling in general. If you've read Till We Have Faces, tell me what you think about it. Very interested to hear that. So um, I'm going to get my day started now. I'm going to get some editing done today and hope that all of you have a great day today and stay improbable. Bye!